Hello and welcome to episode, oh, I don't know, season three, episode two of Talking Jacks. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to call this. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ben Goswin. It is 2019. How are you, Ben? I am good. I am caffeinated and, yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a pretty good day. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear it. We, uh, we just got done talking to Brandon Miller, uh, so you're going to hear that interview later, uh, but we're time traveling back to talk uh to talk some news i mean we've had let's see i think the last podcast dropped back in december maybe a couple weeks before christmas um Mm. and we were you know we were going to try to have brandon on shortly thereafter because i think he was announced as you know returning right right after that um and then you know holidays came and went and everybody got busy and we couldn't get it couldn't get a time figured out so i'm glad we got that uh done that was a really good chat with him uh, but anyways, speaking of signings, um, there's been a lot. <laughs> uh, oh. We have did, did when, when we last spoke. Do you, did we have like any of the announced player announcements, or did we just have the coaching announcements? I, can't I feel remember. like we. <laughs> I think nothing was really announced per se. I want to say that first batch was um, pretty confident. Enzo was not announced. Um, no, Enzo Rob- was announced on his own, and, and Hugh Roberts was announced on his own. But I think everybody else was announced as a group. Yeah. Yep, that sounds right to me. Yeah, I, I do remember this now because we were speculating on the podcast about the players who were at the thing, and it, then Donnie with Donnie's announcement uh, with, that he retired. Yep. So, so here we are. So our roster right now is Brandon Miller, uh, Hugh Roberts, Enzo Martinez. Uh, Jake Ehrman, Joel Johnson, Kevon George, and Alex Martinez. Am I forgetting anybody? I think that sounds all accurate. Yeah. I did that off the top of my head. I did not pull up notes. I don't know if that's a like a humble brag or if that's just me being lazy. Probably more of the latter. Um, but anyways, I think that's a pretty good core to start with. Uh, let's start, you know, with the with two big ones off the top. Um, you know, the, obviously the return of Enzo Martinez. Um, so it was kind of like a very not well-kept secret that Enzo was going to be back. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think obviously anytime you can add um, a player who is MVP caliber to your roster, it immediately is going to make you, you know, two or three, four or five games better. Uh, just, you know, right off the bat with just one player. I mean, obviously if you surround them with people uh, who are, you know, terrible. But I don't, I don't think we're going to do that. So I'm really mm. excited about Enzo, but I may be, I'm also really excited with Hugh Roberts. Uh, you know, I think yeah. you've been following Hugh Roberts a little bit longer than I have. Because uh, yeah. I think you wanted him on the team a couple years ago. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think he is, I'm super excited about him from a lot of standpoints. I mean, I think he's in the upper echelon of defenders in the entire league. Um, I mean, he was... Uh, he, he's played for a couple teams at this point in his career. He's still pretty young too, which is good. Um, he's played for Richmond. He's played for, for the steel for a season. Um, and then most recently played with, uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, um, with, with Bob Lilly, of course. And, and he was, he started a majority of games for them, if I'm not mistaken. And he was one of part of one of the best defenses in the league last year. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a tall defender, uh, which is, which is something i think we've needed we've, we've kind of struggled in the air um and i think it's 
it's encouraging too that we reached out to him rather than maybe the alternative there. I think that's I don't know, I may be reading into that a little too much, but I think that's encouraging that we sought after a player such as his caliber um and and signed him this early on too. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the that's the um that was one of the things that I that made me happy is that we we're being a little bit more proactive, it seems, so far in our player signings. It's been a little quiet since then. Um, but his announcement, you know, he he was announced on January the 10th, I believe. Um, yeah. That's one of the earlier announcements for, like, a major signing for, for us. Normally, we're late January, early February, even into March and April for our player signings. Like, um, yeah. you know. I don't know if it's it's a total shift, but compared to this time last year, I think uh, when you you know, like I said, like you said, I mean, he's he was a key member of the best defensive team in the league last season, um, and then that that does not you know part of that could have been Lily Ball, um, or excuse me, he didn't play did he play for Pittsburgh last year? He did, yeah, You're yeah, right. yeah. I'm just thinking I have Rochester in my brain because of uh, our chat with Brandon. Uh, he never played for Rochester. He played for Bob Lilly last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, some of that could have been system. But I think anytime – I think he can take any of those principles that he learned in that system and, and apply them to, you know, playing. And if we're not going to play play Lilly ball, um, yeah. I, I think I think he's going to be a really good signing for us. Mm. Yeah, I think um, – and there's a couple other, I guess um, – I guess news and notes as far as player transactions go. Um, we did just hear, as of today, the 21st, uh, Mataya Mwape has signed for League One, uh, <clears throat> newly re- League One signing, or, ah, words. Um, <laughs> he's with the Richmond Kickers now. I tried to dress it up, and yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he just signed with the Kickers, um, so he'll be uh, going to the state of Virginia, Um other than that, Cato has signed with. Uh, he's gone out west and he's going to play for OKC Energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is an interesting one. Um, but I'm glad he's not going to be in the East Coast. Um, that that'll be a positive. Wanted to yeah, we see won't him. have to play against him. That's that's a positive. Yeah. Um, um, and no word on Jorge Herrera as of yet. Yeah, it's. I think it's a. It's one of those. If he wants to return, he will return, and if he wants to retire, he will retire. Um, yep. It's I you know they it's, they said in their announcement that he was in negotiations I think is what or in talks mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it's it's either just a matter of time or you know he could still be con- you know weighing his options. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we're we're starting to see a little bit of the core of the team and who who's going to be there, maybe who isn't going to be there. Um, you know, you can read into some of that if you will. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about the shift, um, in maybe shoring up the defense. I, mm. I think that's something that I think the team is, or the front office is identifying that maybe that was a weakness the last couple of seasons and is looking mm. to, you know, to improve that, um, We'll see. I mean, you've been reading up on Jim McGinnis as a Gaelic football coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and it seems like he is a very he was a very defensive minded 
Gaelic football coach. So we'll see if mm-hmm. his time at Celtic kind of changed him a little bit. Uh, they're they're a little bit more modern style uh, with the way that they play. You know, they they like to play out of the back. I think you know. It, it sounds like in all the interviews he's given that we're going to employ a high press. Uh, I, I think we're we're obviously going to see. And he talked about like playing like the way Liverpool plays. Um, yeah. So that that is and they're very exciting uh, style of play, but it's also very you know he- heavy on the body and and so we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, you know, what kind of, we're, I think we're going to have to build a deep squad if we're going to play like that. Um, and because like, you know, once we get playing three games a week in the hottest part of the, the year, um, I think if you're, if you're playing Helter Skelter like that, or, uh, what is, what is Jurgen Klopp call it? Um, heavy metal football. If you're playing that style, uh-huh. like yeah. you're, you're going to be susceptible to, to injuries and, um, fitness issues if you don't have a deep enough squad. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I think we have a couple of questions from listeners that didn't really fit with um, our discussion with Brandon. So let me go back through and grab some of those. Um, the first one is from Jason. It says, um, now that the Rapids affiliation is over, did you think it was an overall benefit to Charlotte or not? And do you think the indie contracted players had an even playing field versus the Rapids Lonies? Um, first part, I would say, I mean, I, I think it's hard to to find a net negative from it because, I mean, if we just looked to last year, we would have been in in trouble if we didn't have, um, if we didn't have Sam Vines and or um, Dykstra, we we would have had to start I'm not even sure who for Sam Vines and, and probably Ben Bury, which I'm not even sure. I can't even remember if we had him signed at that point of the season. I don't think so. Um, I so think, we, I think Ben was added to the roster, um, in the season summer. or so. Yeah. I think he was added so, in the summer. Yeah. It, I, I would lean more towards it being a net positive than a net negative. Um, but I will say that it definitely seemed like it put us in some curious situations as far as, picking players and uh in playing time and things like that um but i would think it's more positive than negative i suppose yeah i i don't know i i think it maybe is all a wash at the end of the day i, I think there were enough positives to outweigh or not necessarily outweigh but to cancel out the negatives because uh, mm. there were some negatives i mean there, there were some guys who came and and just weren't Quite frankly, they just weren't good enough, even at the USL level. Um, and I think that was, to me, that was frustrating to see, uh, you know, Colorado was one of the worst teams in MLS the entire, you know, outside of the one season where they went on that that crazy run. I believe that might have been, I believe that was 2016, maybe. Um, but, you know, the last two years, at least, the Rapids were pretty bad and mm. the players that they sent us outside of, like you said, outside of Sam Vines, Caleb Calvert, you know, had a couple moments, uh, but he had a hard time staying yep. fit. Uh, and then, you know, it, that, that kind of, I don't know if that just, you know, the fitness issues hurt his effectiveness, but he really just wasn't effective when he was fit. 
Um, other than that one goal he scored against Louisville, that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, it was a quality goal. And like D- Dennis Castillo is mm-hmm. another guy. Like he he wasn't very effective until he was, and then when he was effective, he was gone. Uh, and and yeah. then when he came back, he he couldn't get on the field. Um, mm. He scored a goal yesterday though, or this weekend Did or something. He? Yeah, I saw. Uh, I was just kind of trying to find question people's questions today on my Twitter feed. And I still follow him on the Talking Jacks account, and he had reposted a goal that he scored, I guess, over the weekend. Um, good. It was actually a pretty neat little goal. It was a bouncing ball in the box that he, you know, he, he put a good, good hit on it. Um, so you know, good for him. Uh, I think he's playing yeah. in Costa Rica, and I think that's where he's from as yeah. well. Back, so he's huh. back home, I think. Um, I could be wrong. So don't yeah. if I'm wrong. Don't fact check this. If, yeah, don't fact check this because I didn't look it up. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I think it wasn't positive or negative. Um, you know, they, they sent us players that they weren't planning on using for the most part. Um, yeah. that's how most of these affiliation deals work. You know, you get the occasional Sam Vines. Um, if, if we had gotten more Sam Vines type players, younger uh, yeah. who just need to get professional minutes under their belt, I think it would have been a much more positive relationship than um, sending guys who were fringe, you know, very on the fringe of even making the roster. I mean, gosh, har- I, hardly any of the players that, you know, even spent a little bit of time in the early days, like, you know, your Dominique Badgies and, and Marlon Harrison, those guys aren't even with the Rapids anymore. They were both yeah. traded away uh, this this past year, um, you know. So so at the end of the day, I, I don't know that either team benefited a whole lot on the field. Now you may there might have been some some with the shared ideas with the staffs um, that were a positive. So you have to think about that too. I mean, you know, Coach Jeffries was a member of their draft committee or whatever you call it. Um, and and they've they've gotten some good players through the draft, or, or maybe not good players, but they've gotten players who have uh, contributed through the draft. And a lot of MLS teams can't say the same. Um, and then we had the the combine. I think that's the that's the one thing um, that I'll say was probably a positive overall is the joint Independence Colorado combine that always happened. Um, in like December or January every year, you know, we, we signed some really, some of our most important players from that combine. So it'll be interesting to see how we adjust to not having that. Um, you know, we'll have more probably open tryouts, but when you have the Colorado Rapids name attached to it, I think you can get the attention of more, you know, better players. Um, but we'll see. I, I, you know, that's one thing that I'm in, I'm really excited about, and I think we have another question about just like how things will be different. Um, let me see if I can find that since we're on the topic. Um, so Charles asked, "How will being a club without any MLS affiliation affect the team, and are MLS players?" who are loaned down prioritized over USL ones. I guess neither one of us really answered that question. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's hard to say. I think, cause you can look at some and, and say, yeah, definitely. They were, 
they were favored. I think I think the goalkeepers are the are, is really where that argument really has any weight because I mm-hmm. think you had the the burner, you know, burner over. Uh, Myzel, was it Myzel? There was another guy that Burner played over too, and um, I'm blanking on his name. He plays for San Antonio now. Uh, Restrepo, yeah. Oh no, he. We, we only had Restrepo for a very short time. But they, wasn't they're... wasn't he there at the same time as the as Burner the first time around? <sighs> I, I feel like I, I feel like there was a big Burner versus Restrepo argument as well, but maybe not. Ah, uh, that's that's a tough one. That's that's drawn back into yeah. That's like year one. I know. Um, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm sure no, but either way, regardless, I mean, you had you had Burner versus uh, Mizell at least, and then you had you know we had Miller versus uh, Dykstra last year. I, I think um, you know it's hard to say. <laughs> it really, uh, yeah. if if one was prioritized. You know, you had some guys who couldn't even get on the field for us who were Rapids players. Um, like, you know, Castillo was really only playing when people were hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Richie Perez. Richie Perez couldn't get on the field. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have those examples, and then you have, um, you know, the goalkeepers, and you have Caleb Calvert maybe. Um, you know, the first year it was a little different because we had to play him in those games where he was hurt. Um, and he had to sub on and sub off, like, you know, right there. Um, so that was a weird situation. But I don't know that I would consider that him get having priority over uh, any USL players. I think at the end of the day, for the most part, I think it was a pretty equal uh, playing field. But I, I think the players would probably, you know, that they would be the ones to ask because they're, they're the ones who are at training and, and see training every day. And, you know, um, yeah, so... All right, more questions. We got a lot of questions. Um, so yeah. thank, thanks, so everybody, thank for... Oh, Richard. So Richard asked, what's our starting 11? So mm, I think we have well. seven players now. Or six. <laughs> yeah. So I think of, of those players, I think most... I think everybody probably... Everybody but Jake will probably start. And I could yeah. I could see Jake starting. I could see Jake being the starting left back. Um, mm, very possible. We don't have. I mean, he, he he's one guy who can play. That's one. That's a thing. That's a big positive for him is he can play like three different positions. He can play yeah. either wing and he can play left back. Um, yep. And so his versatility, I think, will get him on the field a lot. But also his his um, if we're going to play that pressing style, I think his pressing and his his energy pace, yeah, it will will definitely and his work rate will be a benefit either in the starting eleven or off the bench. Uh, he proved last year that he can kind of be that. Um, I think you like to compare him to Lewis Hilton a little bit in that way, where he can just run his socks off um, and, and and be all over the field. So that that's definitely something that we can use uh, if we're going to play that style. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely curious looking at our four, uh, the players we have because we do have the seven now. It's six, not including uh, Brandon Miller as a goalkeeper, which we, we kind of know he'll be a goalkeeper. But there's a lot of versatility uh, with the, the current players we have, essentially. Um, I mean, Enzo's a midfielder slash false nine, I guess you could say. Yeah, he's, a, he's like a – he could play literally any position probably, and he'd be a yeah. good player. Maybe Maybe not center back. 
Um, yeah, that, that. But like you know, you could put him at right back, and he'd be he'd be good. <clears throat> he wouldn't probably be as effective, but he could probably do he could probably do a job at right back. Yeah, you could put him yeah. probably on the wing. He'd probably do okay on the wing. He'd probably and he could play any of the midfield positions. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were using him. They were trying to use him as kind of a number six in Colorado, and you can use him as a number six. But I think you're losing a lot of his effectiveness if you if you don't push him further up the field. So I think he'll play mostly as a number ten or a number eight, or even he might even play forward. Um, you know, depending on if we make a signing there or not. <laughs> yeah, true. That's what it comes down to. That's one. That's been the one position the last few years that's been like, uh, who are we gonna put up there? You know, we had, Zayed came on uh, strong towards the end of last season, uh, yeah. and then of course we had Calvert was hurt a lot. You had Jan Ekra try to fill in some up there the last two seasons, um, and you had Jorge up there a lot. So you know that was that's the one position that I, I think will be interesting to see if we make a big splash signing or if we're going to try to do, do it by committee again. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, you know, Richard, I know you were probably just joking. So we don't really have a starting 11. Let's see. There are a lot of questions. I'm having, a, I'm, they're getting lost. Um, <laughs> the power of Twitter losing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, it's on my phone. And so it's a little bit more scattered. Um, uh-huh. What are the spot? Oh, sorry. This is by Home Sweet Soccer, which is. I'm not really sure. Is it a blog? I think it's a blog. Um. And they ask, "What are the spots Charlotte still needs to fill on their roster, and who would be your realistic perfect player for that role?" This is a really good question, considering we were just talking about the fact that we only have six players. Um. So Ben. You lit up when you heard oh. what would be your perfect player for that, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I wish I would have done. I, I remember seeing that question, but I, I did not properly um, investigate. Um, I definitely <laughs> think you kind of alluded to it there, but I would definitely say a forward. Um, that's kind of the biggest. It's, it's obvious is that we have holes. Um, I, I think that's the next big thing, and I would even say aside from – Jorge Herrera, um, because I, as much as I want to see him, I, I mean, I want to see him come back, obviously. That goes without saying. But I'd like to see us sign a true forward a la Eamon Zayed um, that we can get balls into and, and be creative. Um, who that would be, oh, goodness. I'm drawing a major blank right now. Um, Maybe a slightly younger Eamon Zayed. Yeah. But someone that fits his his skill set that's going to be tall and dominating in the box because I think if we have Alex and Enzo back together, of course, we have Jake who can provide some 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 quality opportunities. I think I think I may be one of the people in the minority that thinks that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Joel Johnson's still going to be a creative player as always um, and gets some crosses in and things like that. I I would love to see a six foot plus striker who can uh, just really be a, uh, a finisher in the box, which is something we missed last year. Yeah. Somebody who can fill the Brian Brown role, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone that we can just, if he's going to get opportunities, he's going to put him in the back of the net. Yeah. Uh, plain and simple. 
Um, I think that'll be something I would greatly look forward to. I'm going to have to do some, some, take some personal time and figure out who I'd like <laughs> to sign. Um, yeah. I, th- I yeah. honestly like Brian Brown's not a bad shot. I don't know if, I don't know what his contract situation is. I think but, he re-signed with, yeah, uh, he probably with, did. He had a really good yeah. season last year. Um, for, for, um, is it Reno 1868? Not 1968, right? Yeah. yeah. 1868. Yeah. Yeah. He had a good season for them. Um, so he's probably, like you said, he probably signed, but somebody like him, um, yeah, I'd be on board for that. You know, I think, I think then I think the other central midfield partner is probably pretty important as well. Um, and, and another center back, obviously, you know, I'm excited about Hugh Roberts, but as we've seen in the past, if you don't put a, you know, if you put somebody, you know, if, if, if you don't have a strong partnership, um, and you kind of have a, I don't even know what to call last year's, um, rotation because rotation is probably not the right word for it. It was like, who is at least 60% fit <laughs> to play, uh, that other center back, you know, and it just didn't work. It just never seemed to work out. Um, so if we could get, uh, either a, you know, a strong, well, preferably both, uh, a good pairing for Kevon George in the midfield, somebody who, yeah. can really pass the ball. Uh, not that Kevon can't pass the ball. Um, I, f- I think I've, you know, I've been pretty consistent with like, I, I really like Kevon and what he brings to the table. Um, mm-hmm. But he's much, he's much more of a defensive presence. Um, yeah. Like his, his strengths are winning the ball and, and, you know, playing quick transition passes, but not necessarily uh, building up possession you know, hitting long balls or that kind of thing. So maybe a midfielder who can do that. Um, and yeah, another center back. I don't see, I don't have names like off the top of my head. I don't know the USL player pool nearly it, like I do. It changes constantly. Well, that's, the, that's the thing. Cause like the USL I mean, player pool is both like in USL and then like really obscure players from Europe and, you know, South America and in places like that who you've never heard yeah. of and you have to go watch highlights and then kind of make up your opinion off of little clips um, mm. and, and, and Wikipedia pages <laughs> really. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see, um, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping we go a little bit more on the young side. You know, mm. I love, I like having the veterans. Um, you know, it was really cool to see a guy like Jung Soo play, um, you know, he was a guy who played in the World Cup, scored in the World Cup. You don't get to see that often uh, in USL. So it, it was cool that we had one on our team. Um, but he had a really hard time staying on the field because he mm. he was up there in age. Um, he, you know, all, all those issues that come with being more than 35 years old. Um, so, you know, maybe get a little bit younger, but don't necessarily sacrifice talent um for that i guess i don't know if that didn't that didn't really answer the question super clearly but we're gonna move on yeah um okay garrett beaver says announce jorge it becomes a question if i put a question mark on it right (laughs) (laughs) and then jason followed up with announce jorge with an exclamation point yeah I'm okay with it. I'm, I would uh, yeah, be they, pro that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want Jorge back. Um, yeah. 
I, I want him to continue to chase Dane Kelly's record. Uh, I'm pretty disappointed that Dane Kelly oh, is back so in mad. USL. Oh. I feel like I feel like now that Dane Kelly is back in USL, Jorge's like, all right, I I gotta I gotta keep it keep it going. Yep. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's not just like, oh, I was I was too behind when, before he was announced. I don't want to mm-hmm. keep going. So we'll see. Um, yeah. That's that's been one of the cool things to watch. I I think Jorge probably has more goals than him in USL competitions. It's just they didn't count the stats prior to like 2010 or something uh, because yep. USL was like in between professional and amateur a few different times. Um, there's been several eras of the league, so they don't count some of those stats. Um, so it's like it's more like he's the leading scorer in the modern era, whatever. Yeah. yeah usl proper i guess you could say i don't know yeah. post usl pro days yeah whatever <laughs> suppose yeah um another question from matt matt, matt tw um it is concerning the 2018 season what's the thing that the independents most need to improve upon and what should the team keep doing well Um, what do we most need to improve upon? Having a solid defense, because I, I don't think we can really build any. I don't. I don't think we can. I, I think that's the thing we took the biggest step backwards with mm-hmm. in in 2018. Is we kind of we weren't great defensively in previous years, but it wasn't as much of a liability. I don't think. Um. So I think we need to build from the back, I guess you could say, as far as strength goes. Um, and really, I guess, be more creative, I guess, is the other thing we need to build upon. Um, I think like, signing Enzo is a huge boost in that category. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because he's he's got the technique. He's got the physical ability. He can run past you. He can play pretty much any pass. He can finish really well. Like he, he's going to solve a lot of our issues that we had with, you know, having two guys really shoulder the load in the scoring column last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Those being Jorge and Cato. Um, I, I think it'll be a little more spread out. I think having Enzo will also boost Alex's play. I think yeah. when you, when you play with your brother uh, there and you've you know they've been playing together their entire lives. So there's going to be a chemistry and a connection there that, you know, Alex is never going to have with anybody else. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be improved um, as well. So I, I think our, our attack, I think is going to be uh, as good as ever. Um, I, you know, I still would like us to sign a striker like you um, just somebody mm. who, even if they're not a huge goal threat, just somebody who has who can hold up the ball, who can play passes, um, you know, somebody you know, it, they don't have to be in the golden boot chase to be an effective player. You know, uh, yeah. Olivier Giroud was really effective in the World Cup, and he didn't <sighs> score a goal. Um, so, True. you know, there are there are more you know infinite infinite ways to skin a cat, so to speak. Um, it's true. This is not an endorsement of skinny cats, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but endorse skinning cats on talking jacks. But no, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. We've got to shore up the defense. I don't think we have to play, you know, best defense in the league or top five defense in the league level. Uh, Jim McGinnis may disagree with that. Maybe you know, I, obviously, if we do play top five quality defense in the league, uh, I think we have enough talent on the offensive end already. You know, if Jorge comes back, this is assuming a little bit if Jorge comes back. Um, I think we have enough offensive ability to be a really, really good team. Um, and if if we add, you know, one more guy. Another guy, this kind of goes back to an earlier question, but another guy who is not under contract that I would really like us to sign is Jaime Siash. Uh He had kind of up and down year mm-hmm. for OKC. Migi was dealing with some injury stuff. Uh, but when he was he he went through a stretch where he scored like four or five four four or five goals in you know a handful of games. Uh, he's a guy who would be a really great super sub option or starter. You know, I guess you could play Alex in the midfield and and play Jaime out wide or even Jaime up top. Um, it'll it would be cool to have him back. I think we we always really liked him. Yeah. Do you um, know for a fact he hasn't been re-signed? He was not. He was not um, picked. His option wasn't picked up by OKC. Ooh. I know that he was not in like the announced returning players, unless I missed it somehow. But he yeah, also I, made like his international I, debut last year. Like it was a big year for him. He, um, yeah, I think he plays for the. He made his debut for the Jordanian national team. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, he scored I, a goal. I think his- I think his versatility would be really interesting as well. Um, I mean, it's definitely something I've seen um, uh, Jim McGinnis throw around as far as wanting players that are going to be versatile and players that are going to play different positions and things like that. Um, So I would absolutely um, be okay with uh, seeing him come back to us. uh, Yeah. So come back behind me, maybe. Let's see. I think that's covered all the questions, um, except for do you understand Gaelic football yet? If so, please explain. This is all you, Ben, because you've been reading that book, um, and you've been reading, yeah. you've been watching documentaries and all kind of stuff about Jim McGinnis. So tell us everything about Gaelic football. Uh, it is. I I don't know. TBD. Um, I'm not completely finished with the book yet, but I am going to finish before the season starts. Richard Groves. <laughs> I am going to finish for the season. I don't have much left. Um, I'm on my last chapter, I believe. Uh, I have less than 100 pages. So <clears throat> that's uh, that's my goal before the preseason or something. I'm going to I'm going to find some obscure thing and find some information in there, or maybe understand Gaelic football by the end of it. Probably not, but we'll see. Yeah, all all I know about Gaelic football is according to some random Irish guy, uh, Jim McGinnis ruined it. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> it's definitely interesting to look at the different perspectives on his uh, coaching career. You, you, I mean, there's definitely a lot of Irishmen and, and Irish people that seem to think he's a legend and, and feel like he's a legend. Um, I mean, the um, – oh, I'm forgetting his, his title. Um, but the ambassador to – to America was just in Charlotte. He came all the way to Charlotte um, to to see Jim again. I saw that. So um, and I, <laughs> they talked about that on USL show this week yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think there's rumors that he may be in town for the first game. The I, Irish I, ambassador. 
Yeah, I, I don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I think I saw, I listened to a, an interview of Jim McGinnis, and I think he said that they may try to work that out logistically to get him to uh, to the Sportsplex for the, the opening game of the season. That would be awesome. No, I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for the new fans, you know, whatever their background is whether they're coming to us because they're soccer fans um, or if they're fans of Jim McGinnis, whatever. Um, I'm excited oh. about that aspect of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that we had a really good chat with Brandon Miller. Um, we didn't really – I didn't really set that up at any point. Um, so we'll probably end up splitting this into two episodes. We'll probably do the interview by itself, and then um, this will probably come out after that. Yeah. We'll do that after mm. this will come out this will be like your friday episode um it may not come out on friday because i'll be traveling to atlanta this weekend uh my cousin's getting married and i guess they don't pay attention to uh like sports at all because they're getting married the weekend before the super bowl and the super bowl is being Ooh. played in atlanta so i have Ooh. a feeling that it's going to be quite quite a wild place to be uh yeah. this weekend Hopefully so people bought their hotels before well i yeah i don't know about all that i know they blocked off some rooms um so i think everybody's got a place to stay as far as i know um i know i have a place to stay so i'm happy about that and atlanta's a huge city so it's not like if um you know if you know what i'm trying to say anyways yeah I see. Um, there's a lot of room for people there, and it's and it's the weekend before the super bowl so it's not like the height of everything but like media will be in town probably the week over the weekend obviously the teams will be there um it'll be it's going to be interesting i'm going to try to swing by and check some of that out if we have time you know the wedding's like saturday night so i have all day saturday uh, to hang out um and check out everything in atlanta so uh wherever whenever you're listening to this we appreciate it um i don't know when we'll be back on a regular schedule i guess we'll just see when you know more player signings come out um you know i I don't want to come on here and talk just to talk um (laughs) if you can't tell both of us are pretty rusty in terms of podcasting Um, yeah we're still in the off season yes definitely we're not that's exactly right off season is a good way to put it um we haven't really geared kicked into gear for preseason yet so um so yeah, thanks for listening to our episodes this week. And um, Ben, is there anything we need to drink bring attention to before we leave? Other than you know, go go check out Brandon Miller's stuff again. We'll we'll post that yeah. with the interview. Um, and but oh, just you know, if you're listening to this a couple weeks from when we recorded it, uh, don't forget to check out his uh, his websites. Yeah, the only major thing I'll say is we did miss one major bit of information which was just kind of thrown in the middle of everything um i'm not going to try to pronounce his oh our assistant coach yes you're right oh i may mispronounce his first name but uh we we have a another assistant coach um that'll be joining um david dixon on the bench i guess you could say um felix s felix s uh, is joining us from uh, La Liga. He coached with, I am struggling with my browser, Atletico Balboa. Um, but yeah, he was a, a coach for them, and he has joined McGinnis' staff. So it's uh, 
It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I think this is I think this is a really good hire. Really smart hire. Yeah. Um I'm glad you brought this up cuz I had completely forgotten about it. Mm. Um but but I think just from a standpoint of having a guy who's been a head coach, you know, before you now he's got Dave Dixon who's been a head coach in the United States for plenty of years with in in Charlotte even with the Eagles. Uh, I think Dave mm-hmm. Dixon is is a great soccer mind. Um, you know, brings a ton of experience with the American game, and then he brings in um, f- sorry, sorry, what? No, the 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 U is before the G. Uh, sorry, Agarte. That can't be right. I'm gonna look up. I think that's a. I think that might be a Basque name. Uh, I'll have to look up my pronunci- pronunciation guide. On I'm the pretty Wikipedia. sure Jason Oles now. I'm pretty sure he won't. Um, sorry. <laughs> Continue, continuing on. Um, I, I think it's really smart to have a guy who's been a head coach in Europe and a head coach in the United States be, you know, assistant coaches. I, I, and especially from a, like a language aspect, you've got an English speaker. Uh, well, obviously, Jim McGinnis is an English speaker as well, um, but different dialect. And then you've got a Spanish speaker. We've got at least mm-hmm. two uh, Spanish speakers on the roster right now, and I'm sure we'll add more. We've always had Spanish speakers, um, and I think it's just it's good to have diversity in your uh, coaching staff, diversity in ideas. Um, yeah. You know, the Spanish game is played very differently than the Irish game, uh, or the Scottish game even. Um, I think there's an emphasis in Spain on everybody being able to play with the ball at their feet. So that's, that's a really good pickup. I think if we're going to, you know, play, play out of the back. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, I just think it's a good hire. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm completely assuming with this uh, assumption here. Wow. That didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> we are really out of form, um, we really are. but it'll be interesting to see if his, him being affiliated and he played in La Liga um, for a number of years. I'm curious to see if what if what if any players he's going to bring over from that realm of the world. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to follow. The other the last bit of information I definitely want to bring up, which I don't really actually know the exact date, but preseason is starting very soon. I think it's the first week of February, if I'm not mistaken. Um so that'll be happening very soon. So maybe we'll get some more player announcements. Maybe we'll have to um, play the guessing game with some some photos that the independents post. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know what that that'll be interesting to watch how they announce players this year. Um, yeah. You know, if they start coming faster, we'll have more podcasts, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, preseason probably is going to start a little bit earlier this year because the season starts earlier. Kickoff is March fifteenth, which sounds like it's a long way off, but it's not. You know, let's see. That's a Friday. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks from. Well, not quite. Yeah, eight weeks from now, essentially, mm. is when uh, we'll be kicking off. So, yeah, it's coming. It's coming a lot faster than anybody realizes. I'm so excited for this season. Uh, I miss yep. the independence. Um, but yeah, we, we got to get out of here though. Uh, what's probably going to happen is 
we're going to record all of this and then sometime between the time we release the Brandon Miller interview and now uh, when you're listening to this podcast there's going to be several player signings and all of this will be useless that's probably what's going to happen <laughs> so if anybody at the independence is listening to this which you probably won't be listen or hold off on any player announcements until you know like another week or two for the sake of our integrity yeah appreciate it so as always uh i am alex warren i've been joined by ben Gosshorn. you can find us online uh if you can't find us send us an email talkingjacks at gmail.com uh talking jacks is our handle on every social media um yeah uh we'll get out of here so come on you jacks Woo!